As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and rumors, spoilers, and otherwise for the hip CW show, The Flash. It's not like I said hip CW show, like, you know, it's hip and with it. It's totally hip. It is hip. It's very hip. Of course, uh, I'm your host, Bo, with me, my good buddy, Bell. Man, how you doing tonight, Bell? I'm doing fantastic. A little tired, but otherwise uh, not worse for wear, I think is the term. That's good. That's good. I'm I'm glad that you were not worse for the wear. Speaking of wearing, man, you, uh, of course, you know, we mentioned it last week uh, that you had a birthday coming up. Here's the thing that we didn't mention. I don't think we mentioned this. At least I don't think we mentioned it on Flash TV Talk. Um, a lot of listeners got together and, uh, and man, we got you a gorilla costume. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> we, uh, we made your dream come true that, uh, you actually for one night became gorilla grod and went from pub to pub in the Austin, Texas area dressed in a gorilla costume. Now, of course, uh, for those of us who follow you on Twitter at ring that bell, B E A L L, we got a chance to see all of the various selfies of you in the gorilla costume full head on and everything <laughs> as you went for not one, not two, not three, all the way down to what nine bars. Yeah, we got nine. Uh, so the week prior we did it, uh, the full run of all 12. Uh, but this one, uh, was a little bit more disjointed cause there were more people involved. And so by the time we got to nine, uh, everything had gotten kind of crazy, and so at that point we we're like, you know what, we'll, we'll just call it here. I, I I completed one golden mile the week prior, and so I'm satisfied with that. And it was really hot, and I love the gorilla suit, but it was really hot. <laughs> but dude, you were a trooper. That's the thing. I kept on expecting, like especially near the end, for maybe maybe like you still wearing the gorilla bodysuit, but maybe the head came off. But you had that head on the entire time. Well, uh, that's that's also a uh, a trick of photography. I I took pictures in the head every time. Ah, uh, okay. There, and, I, I was gonna ask how you actually were able to consume the beer. Yeah, because like I, what I was hoping for was that because I didn't want to cut the mask because I was thinking there might be a little like you know slit for the in the mouth. Right, right, right. But there wasn't, and so I didn't want to cut it because it's a really nice mask and really nice costume. Uh, it's high. And, it's uh, Hollywood quality, I believe, is what. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Advertised, yeah. 
and so uh, yeah, and it, it was amazing. Like I, I was I was totally not expecting, you know, <laughs> this quality of a costume, but it was really cool. Uh, like the gloves were cool. Like the, the mask was neat. But like so since I, since there wasn't a little slit, like because what I was gonna do is just use a straw and just you know drink the beer through a straw. Drink the beer I think that's funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But since that that's wasn't the way there, Vader did it. Yeah, I would just you know I would I would you know take a picture with the beer and then drink the beer and then take the stuff off because like it was so hot and humid this weekend because it was supposed to or uh, last weekend right because it was supposed to rain right but it didn't so all that humidity just stayed in the air and so after putting the mask on for about one minute like the my breath would just condensate and just drip out of the bottom of the mask oh that is a a lovely image sir well um <laughs> we uh, yeah. we're glad that you enjoyed it of course that was a a gift from myself B SpongeBobby's and Dave we all kind of chipped in to make that happen. And uh, man, we uh, we all got rewarded. I feel like it was worth the investment from all the the photos that we got. So, um, <laughs> and I think it's safe to say, next time that you and I go to a WonderCon or a Comic Con or wherever we may end up, I'm uh, Gorilla Grodd. You're Gorilla Grodd. I don't know if I'll be Captain Cold or what, but but I'll I'll probably get a blue parka or something like that, and uh, and it'll be fun. Indeed. Well, man. Um. So yeah. So I I got to tell you, tonight is going to be. Um. Whew, I, I'm I'm struggling here because right now, as as you guys know. I'm, uh, I'm about two to three weeks in of uh, with the new child in the house. I um, Full disclosure, my in-laws are in town, and thus the studio had to get converted into a guest bedroom, which means <laughs> that I am currently operating on uh, like the original setup for the most part. And so I'm not even sure how this is all going to turn out when it's all said and done. Glad to know the live show is uh, checking in, saying they can hear us loud and clear, and that makes me feel good. So bear with us tonight for all the technical hiccups that we might have. Or gorilla with us. <laughs> wow, there you go. That's a stretch. Um, hey, want to let you know, Rogue's Rumble. Um, we we gave it another week. We've got the final four that's going down uh, starting next week. So be looking for that. If I'm not mistaken, we got Captain Cold, Black Flash, uh, Reverse Flash, and Pied Piper are the uh, the final four. So if those are the four that you've got, the final four, you're still in. Uh, be be looking for that. And of course, follow us on Twitter for more information on the Rogue's Rumble. Uh, and also. Last but not least, in terms of just housekeeping before we jump into the episode tonight, um, we are going to kind of restructure the show ever so slightly. Um, You know, last week we kind of mentioned this, but the first half of the show we do a review, and then we kind of jump into some speculation. And that is all very much talking about what is going on currently with the last episode that was just on television. Um, After that, when we go into news and rumors... Those get kind of spoilery, and I know we've gotten some feedback from a lot of you guys that you know you don't know when the spoilers are going to happen, and uh, and and so it can be kind of a, a bit of a pain point for a lot of people that like to tune in. So I think it's probably best if after we get to speculation, once we get to news, you can kind of assume that can be kind of spoilery. It's not necessarily intended to be, but I mean, if we find out that so and so was cast as such and such, then I mean that in itself is is pretty much a spoiler, yeah. Yeah, technically it's news, but the fact that you know it before it happens is also technically a spoiler. So, yeah. And we found that, like, you know, we, we mentioned that, you know, after the music we'll go into spoilers, but typically it was just we didn't really have any spoilers because we kind of covered it all in the news weeks prior. So um, that being the case, we won't do the the spoiler section or speculation section after the credits. It'll just be, uh, you know, review, speculation, news and rumors, and then feedback. And uh, we're going to try this, and you guys let us know what you think of it. And that's kind of... Uh, if we need to tweak again, we'll tweak again. Because, you know, we uh, we work for you guys. Podcasting is an evolving medium. That's right. The Rundown. 
Episode 18, All-Star Team-Up, directed by Kevin Tachanarin and story by... Uh, Grianne Godfrey and Caillou Wu. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, as Barry works in conjunction with Joe and Eddie to stop crimes across the city, an engineering professor is attacked and killed by a swarm of bees at the local university. While the team searches for the metahuman that can control bees, Felicity arrives with Ray in his atom suit looking for assistance to improve it. Uh, the team tracks another bee attack, but Barry is too late and is attacked by the swarm. The team captures one of the bees, which turns out to be a robot, and their metahuman is just a disgruntled scientist named Bree Larvin from Mercury Labs who is targeting other former employees. Barry struggles with whether or not he can trust Cisco and Caitlin, not knowing if they're working for the reverse flash or not. Uh, during the next bee attack, Barry goes after Brienne, uh, or sorry, not Brienne. Brienne of Tar. <laughs> Brienne of bees. That's great. <laughs> or more like Brienne of Tarth. Oh, ho, ho. All right. Uh, Barry goes after Bree and Ray as the Atom attempts to stop the bees from killing Dr. Tina McGee. Felicity taps into the wireless frequency for the bees to disable them while Barry captures Bree. Later, Barry informs Caitlin and Sisko that Dr. Wells is the reverse flash. Caitlin does not want to believe, but Sisko reveals that he has been having, quote, dreams, which are memories from the original timeline where Wells kills him. Mm. And yes, I did do air quotes when I read the word dreams. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think uh, dreams uh, with air quotes is probably more appropriate than without. Yes. This episode, Bell, I don't know exactly where to start. There's a lot of great there's a lot of great things that happen in this, and there's a lot of stuff that I was like, eh. Ooh. Wasn't the strongest episode. Was not the strongest episode. However, it had some really great moments in it. Some very um, important things happened in this episode. Yes, yes. Uh, let's let's start off with uh, let's start off with the positive. I mean, you know, when we jump right into it, we've got uh, the Flash doing his thing like we've never seen, especially in conjunction with the cops. Yes, that was really neat. I liked seeing, uh, you know, there are technically, I guess, two All Star team ups in this episode. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that, but that's right. Yeah, yeah. You had, uh, you know, the Flash and the cops, and then the Flash and Adam. Right, right. Yeah. So of course. Um, with, uh, with now the knowledge that, uh, Eddie and of course we've known for a while, but Joe, uh, they know the flash, they have this relationship with them and, uh, you know, he kind of becomes this resource and, and almost like a, a tool for them to be able to do some pretty crazy things. And I love that Joe is just getting a kick out of it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> when he takes him out of the car. Yes. Oh yeah. That was great. <laughs> I think we lost him. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So and then what was that line when he like he captures all the bad guys and he's like guys have you not heard of me <laughs> yes yes that the, the, the jewelry store i think that was like yeah. uh, have you guys just like not heard of me <laughs> i thought you know i was thinking the exact same thing too because at this point why are you even trying like petty crime in central city yeah i know well see that's the thing it's like I, these aren't necessarily petty crimes because like you know there's like armed robbery and stuff well, sure that's what i would resort to would be petty crime like i just go purse snatching uh, we, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not going to like call the cops and, you know, oh, somebody snatched a purse. He's still running. By the time somebody, you know, the cops are called and all that kind of stuff, by the time the Flash would know about it, assuming he wasn't like running down the street while you did it. Right, right. You'd have a lot more opportunity to get away with it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But um, so is there any, I mean, we never really get an explanation as to why we got the really uh, quick crime spree, other than the fact that it was just kind of fun to see the Flash doing his thing, right? Yeah, I think that's what that was there for. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was fun. And, uh, you know, you got a little moment in the midst of that where Eddie's looking at Barry and specifically in the way that Joe is uh, interacting with Barry. Uh, and there seemed to be kind of this tinge of jealousy. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, because, you know, I, I feel like Eddie wants that relationship. 
kind of that, that father-son relationship yeah yeah because you know he he wants you know he's his uh, uh joe's daughter moved in with him right right and he, i think he wants to be closer with joe but joe's just not letting the fact that they're partners uh, he's not letting him get closer to him, I think. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, uh, you know, I, I put in the notes that uh, that Joe's like my hero in this when uh, they're having that discussion. And uh, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm her father. And he says, well, I'm her boyfriend. When does my vote count? He's like, when you like when you become her husband. And I was like, you know, I got two girls of my own. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, K-O. I can understand that, though. But like, I see where he's coming from. You see where but- Eddie's coming from. No, no, no. I, I see where Papa Joe's coming from. Yeah, but at the yeah. same token, but at the same token, I, I kind of side with Eddie on that. I mean, like that's because in life you're closer to Eddie. I'm closer to Papa Joe, man. Like we're we're gonna see it from the various angles. Well, I mean, technically, I'm closer to Gorilla Grodd, but well. that's here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Living down in the sewers, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you know, man. But it's yeah, right. now you know it's funny though, because of course now that we're on this side of knowing for sure that um, H. Geobard is Eobard Thon, uh, you know. Now, all of a sudden, it opens up the door. Eddie is no longer, you know, even perceived to be a villain. And he kind of becomes a little bit of a, um, you know, I mean, I think I think we as an audience kind of feel for him and his uh, his whole relationship situation. Plus, he's the only one of the entire crew who's like, guys, why are we not telling Iris? You know, he, like we, we joked about this last week. And in fact, uh, Grant Gustin posted out a meme of uh you know my name is barry allen and to the outside world which apparently just means iris yeah. I'm a forensic scientist and uh and i was like you know this is it this is the world that we live in in central city where everybody apparently knows that uh grant gust or that barry allen is the flash except for iris and eddie standing up for him, man well it, grant gustin got, got a lot of flack from that apparently i saw that and i thought that was ridiculous i thought it was, I thought really it was absolutely funny. ridiculous yeah it was super hilarious. funny it was a great tweet and it was wonderful and i don't know why he got so much flack but but yeah you know it, we're, we're living in this world where i i feel like another character would share eddie's sentiment about not telling iris sure yeah like i can understand you're trying to protect her but like do you just not care about everyone else <laughs> Well, and I think that's part of it too. It's a little, um, it's a little patronizing, right? When uh, you've got, uh, you know, if 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 the idea is okay, she's this delicate little flower. We can't put her at risk. You know, I mean, come on, no, she she's took a out clock king. Come on, wait, she took out clock king. She's a grown woman. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. And the fact is, the fact of the matter is, Eddie, you know, he's he's been placed with his ultimatum, where it's like, you know, tell me what's going on or lose me, and that's Iris's mindset. And I think- I'd tell her. Well, I, I think he's going to, man. I, I, he, I'm thinking he's got no loyalty to Barry. He's got no loyalty to the Flash. And uh, and he's got every reason why. He, I mean, the moral high ground here is actually to tell her, right? Well, but he does have loyalty to Papa Joe in the fact that she or that he is uh, his girlfriend's father and that he is his partner. Fine. So gain her, lose him. I think that's still a, a fair trade, at least from his perspective. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, to some extent, it's not his secret to tell. And yeah. maybe maybe that's where he just needs to be like, look, something's weird right now because I know. Or, you know, why does he just here? Here it is. Why can't he just say, I now know who the Flash is, but it's not my secret to tell. And, you know, if for you to ask me, you know, to tell you who he is, isn't fair, you know, to say that you're going to hang our relationship on that. There is actually, he, he actually has a way to tell her what's going on with him without revealing Barry. That's a very good point. Yeah. That, 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 I think 
that actually is the way to handle this is to be like, look, I know who the flash is that this big secret that you're wondering about is I know who the flash is, but I cannot tell you that because that's not my secret to tell. Yeah. You know, if, if, yeah, yeah. Like I, and like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you who it is because that's not, you know, it's not fair to the, you know, it's like if I knew some dirty secret about you and you know, this is Eddie speaking to Iris, you know, if, if, yeah, if you knew some dirty secret about Iris and somebody asked him what the secret was and it's like, well, I can't tell you, but it's something to do with this. I mean, you know, that, that, that's how you get around those situations, right? Well, and I think, you know, you think about relationships. Sometimes you know something that is, you know, personal to a friend who's going through something or something like that. And I mean, you can even let your, your you know, spouse or significant other, you know, I'm helping this guy with this thing. But, you know, he's really asked me not to tell tell anybody about this. So, you know, please don't ask me. And if you're in that kind of healthy relationship, you know, you respect those boundaries. Yeah. So, so here's my question. Yeah, hit me. Do you have secrets that you keep from your wife? Um, No, Belle. <laughs> I do not. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, no. <laughs> no, man. Me and, uh, me and my wife have a, have a great relationship. Yeah, I know. I'm sure you do. I just, now, just you funny. know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I told her that I was the Flash, and she didn't believe me. So, you know, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? <laughs> you know, that see, that's the best. See, and, and this is why I think that Barry should just tell her and be like, "Look, I'm the Flash," and then she's like, <laughs> "No, you're not." He's like, "Okay, cool. Yep, uh, yep. Okay, whatever. All done." And then because he's done it, he's told her. She didn't believe him, but now that weight is off of his shoulders. I guess, man. I, I don't know, man. Barry, Barry, here's the thing about Barry, man. He is not good undercover. You see him this entire episode, like, sweating the fact that he pseudo-knows or at least suspects that Wells is Eobarthon, or, or more specifically the Reverse Flash, and uh, and he can't keep it together. And this is very, you know, very much what we've seen of him in the past. He's not good with keeping secrets. This is why I don't understand how he was able to surprise Iris with the wedding ring, the rep- wedding ring replica. Oh, yeah, yeah, At Christmas. Because, like, if he's, if he's like, super bad about, like, keeping secrets and stuff, he was pretty good at right. that one. But, you know, <laughs> this reverse flash thing, he's just like, you're a bad guy. He's, he's gone so far as – he's gone to the point where he, he's basically said everything except for Harrison Wells is the reverse flash right. in front of everyone. Right. Yeah, no, no, you're you're not wrong, man. I think with the ring, though, I mean, I, when it's fun, it's fun. But when it's life or death, he seems to get a little a little shaky, a little jittery. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I've been uh, drinking some of that coffee from Jitters. Co-Jitters. What is, is it called? Jitters? just Jitters, right? It's just Jitters. It's just jitters. I don't want to say that there's like a co-Jitters in, in front of it. No, man, it's uh, Java from Jitters. That's what Felicity said, because, you know, Felicity's back. That's true. And uh, and with her she brought her boyfriend who um what was his name again? Uh, Ray. No 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 no. What was his other name? Adam. Now are you married to that one, Bell? I don't know. I think I've got another name for it. I I now see what everyone's been talking about with the uh, the Iron Adam. I know, right? I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And it's fine. I mean, that's that's there's there is precedent for this interpretation of uh you know of Adam from from the comics. But uh, very Iron Man. I mean, come on. Flying around, shooting like big energy beams from his hands. The uh, the only difference is Ray is not nearly as suave as Tony. No, nor is his costume is like, you know, you think of Tony um, when he puts on the Iron Man costume, he's like a flying tank. And, uh, and I, there's something about the Adam costume that looks a little bit more like a, I don't know, like a hot rod or like something that's been kind of thrown together. Hot rod's the wrong term, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, the fact that you know he, uh, uh, you know, goes into water and shorts it out. Right, right, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, he's got a lot of openings between the two, yeah? Yeah, but you figured you'd like, I don't know, weather seal it? Sure, sure. Well, but not water seal it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, weather stripping can do a lot. Right, this is true. Now, they, I mean, the, the whole episode, of course, is called All-Star Team-Up. But even though they kind of teamed up, I never really got the feel that they were teaming up. It should have been called All-Star Partnership. Or All-Star, you go over there and I go over here. Right, because they were partners, right? Because they, they were working on the same, you know, de defeating the same villain, but they were just doing two different things. They weren't really teaming up like we've seen Arrow and Flash do, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about um, Brave and the Bold. It fit the episode that it was in. And then, of course, Flash versus Arrow was very much Flash versus Arrow. But I don't know. There was something about this, man. And I don't know... For one thing, I guess maybe my expectations were a little bit higher, probably because of the Arrow and Flash crossover that we've gotten before. Mm -hmm. um, but I was really hoping that, you know, Ray would actually shrink, you know, that he'd get some yeah. star matter and we'd actually see him be the Atom and not be Iron Atom. Like, how cool would it be to see him shrink down and fight robot bees? That See, that's the thing, man. Like, you got the whole, you know, flying bees thing going on. I thought for sure there was going to be something that was, you know, him going on and shrinking down jumping on the bees ripping out the you know processor then jumping to the next bee and you well, know no, he like he like jumps down on the or he shrinks down jumps on the bee uh and then like takes control of it with you know because he you know he's a smart guy right so yeah. he goes and like he reprograms it and then he's able to like find the frequency or whatever to like you know the, the kill switch for all these bees and like triggers it and stuff i don't know you know i, I think that'd be cool yeah i gotta tell you man it's, it's just right now it just feels like adam and name only um, and that's yeah. not to, I mean, I really don't want to bash it because I love the whole Iron Man inspired concept and I think it's a lot of fun. It's fun to kind of see that thing on TV, but I, I think that, you know, it's important to pair that with the more traditional Adam power set. And I know they're building to that. And one assumes that in the, probably the new spinoff series, that's going to be a large part of it. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, so, so I think for me, that was a little bit disappointing the B thing I've never found all that particularly interesting. Honestly, um, there was <laughs> it reminded me a lot of one of my least favorite episodes of Smallville with this uh, B girl character that was very similar to uh, their interpretation of the Bug Eyed Bandit, and it, it actually made me wonder if like CW uh, has some sort of like you know there's like some sort of canned B effect that they can just kind of go to if they need a, a random rogue. <laughs> I don't it's know. just like you know they're walking down the uh, the props department and. There's this little like thumb drive with like B effects on it. They just pull that and <laughs> slap it in the computer and bees. Yeah, bees. There it is. What was the um? I love bees. Right. That was from uh, the Halo launch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of their viral marketing campaign. I also think of that because back then, if you went to that website, there's this really creepy voice that was like, "I love bees," and it always <laughs> makes me think of that when um when there's a bee girl and <laughs> this is the second bee girl in a superhero series. <laughs> um, yeah, but not our B girl. We love B. Yes, we do. B in the chat, of course. Uh, Flash, Flash CW fans on Twitter and FlashFans.org on the web. That's that's our Queen B. They made mention of Queen B, um, you know, as kind of a reference. Now, of course, their interpretation of the Bug-Eyed Bandit is not also supposed to be Queen B. I think um, you know what we've kind of talked about on the show, as far as what we're kind of anticipating for the future, has to do with. You know, um, you know, potentially Hive playing a bigger part on in this universe, and not necessarily what we've seen here. Um, speaking of which, the Bug-Eyed Bandit thing, man. Adam and Vibe, Adam and Cisco, they are like two peas in a pod. 
they're bug-eyed buddies. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, man, they're uh, they're like science bros. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. They are the uh, the DC TV use science bros. Yeah, totally. And like, I f- finishing each other's technical sentences and things like that. It was cute. Yeah, and I liked it. I really did like it. But um, I, you know. Felicity, I, I mentioned when she first came on the series uh, earlier on in the season that, you know, she kind of facilitated something I felt the season was really missing. However, now that she's back, I'm like, you know what? We actually don't need Felicity on Flash. And that's not to bash that character in, in any you know way, because I really do like the Felicity character. But the the show has actually evolved so well and the characters have all melded together so well that you know, I think they really stand on their own two feet in a way they didn't before. And so uh, as, as fun as it was to kind of have Felicity, uh, she felt actually a little out of place. I guess the main reason she was there is that Barry needed someone to confide in. Yeah. And so he wasn't going to confide. And we've already he, seen he, him confide yeah, in Joe. That's true. And, and yeah, and uh, so he needed somebody else to talk to. And he was, you know, too worried to talk to Caitlin and Cisco about it. So... She's here. They're friends. They have history. So, bam, he can he can actually talk to somebody. No, that's good, man. Of course, she's she's part of kind of the superhero fraternity, so to speak. Um, and then you know everybody he has known since becoming the Flash is in question. Of course, uh, you know he he goes throughout this entire episode speculating as to whether or not he can trust Cisco and Caitlin, uh, thinking that he can. But I mean, Papa Joe pulls up some good points about why they they could go either way. Um, now, uh, Caitlin, for her part, when he actually brings up, uh, and at the, uh, kind of the tag end that, that what's going on with his speculation about who HG Bart is, Caitlin seems pretty diehard in support of Harrison Wells. Cisco, on the other hand, as we have seen throughout the episode, uh, not so much. And there's a very good reason why. Let me ask you this first before we get jump into that. Um, you know, we mentioned that maybe overall not the best episode for us i mentioned kind of the the b thing kind of threw me off but but what about you man what what do you kind of find is not necessarily your best takeaway from this episode well i i don't like the you know battle hacker trope where oh right the the nemesis like, yeah well no no the, the whole nemesis bit that's fine but like that's just that's not how it works that's not how <laughs> any of this works <laughs> omg hackers man that's that that's it's omg science and hacker yeah form. Yeah, because, you know, the whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, they're sort of like battling and, and going like and hacking stuff. That, that's just like I, I think there's there are better ways they could have handled like better ways to, to, to write it so that they still so the Felicity still looks really smart. And, uh, you know, Bree looks really smart and they're having a bat a battle of wits on the computer. Right. There's better ways to handle that than like furiously typing and like, you know, hack soaring things. I think that, yeah, you know, like, like she could have, you know hacked into the power grid to shut down the warehouse's power. And then the other girl could have gone and like some sort of like, Oh, well, I got a backup generator and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, just yeah, more interesting, less, you know, tack, 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 tack on the keyboard kind of thing. All right. Well, just, so, you, well, wait, so what you really want them to do, you want them to go play star starcraft against each other. That's what you want to see. Oh yeah. I got to see that Uber micro dude. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Look, here's the <laughs> thing though. That's great. And I understand where that's a frustration for you and others like you, but for the rest of us who are kind of, you know, clueless as to what you know hacking even looks like other than just kind of someone at a computer you know it seems really cool and so i mean it's just you know it's omg science man you gotta you gotta give them throw them a bone on that one yeah yeah you know i'll throw them a bone whatever you know but 
I mean, first off, the, the the villain here controls a swarm of robotic bees. So I'm 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm getting right. a lot of leeway. Right, right. Well, they're they're yeah. Case in point. Yeah. Uh, my my other issue with this episode is the uh, defibrillator defibrillator trope. Defibrillator trope. Yeah, the whole thing where it's like, oh, oh the yeah. heart stop. Let's defibrillate. That that's not how those things work. No, 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 no. See, if anything ever happens to anybody, you just shock them right in the heart, and they're fine. That, yeah, yeah. I don't because like. Why not just bring an EpiPen? Okay, so here's the thing with you with that though. Um, on the one hand, yes, I hear you. That trope is always kind of like the, you know, in case of emergency, just shock them and everything's fine. But I did like a little bit of the nod to Barry using the speed force to heal someone. No, that was cool. That was yeah. super cool. And I, I I appreciated that, but like I think. Uh, you know, the, the whole, his heart stop, let's, you know, defibrillate. Plus it was anaphylaxis, right? So like it was an allergic reaction to bee stings, uh, that could cause like, you know, respiratory failure. Like, you know, you're closing up your throat so you couldn't breathe. Even if your lungs worked, you know, things like that, a, a, a defibrillator is not going to fix those problems. You would need like a, this extreme dose of like antihistamines and stuff like that to help, you know, counteract that, uh, uh, the anaphylaxis and stuff. Yeah. But would you? I just wish, you know, maybe Barry had sped off to like a CVS pharmacy and just grabbed like 15 EpiPens. <laughs> that would have been like, great. That would have been great. You know, stab Cisco with them. Yeah. No, 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 no. That would have been, uh, that that would have made a lot of sense as well. But, I mean, it wouldn't have looked nearly as cool. Yeah. No, the, the, the Speed Force defibrillator, that was cool. It's just, you know, how do they used it in a proper context of a defibrillator? That would have been cooler. All right. Anything else? Not my favorite episode overall, but a lot of important things happened. So... You know, they, 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 they move the plot. The, the next, the, these last couple episodes, what is it? We got five episodes? I think, is that right? I think so. 23 is right. right. Yes, yeah, 23. Yeah, so we got, we got five more episodes. And I, I think what they were doing with this one is they're giving us kind of this lighthearted, you know, not nearly as... Uh, Calm as, before as, the storm. Yes, yes, okay. yes. What they're doing is they're kind of prepping. It's like, here's, you know, we got some goofy stuff in this one, and there's some silliness and whatnot. And uh, because, you know, these next five episodes are going to be, you know, balls to the wall, like crazy, right? Right. So I, I'm thinking they're kind of setting us up so that, uh, you know, we're not going into that with already, you know, clutching our chests like ah, you know <laughs> yeah yeah well want to pine up he's even saying it right right specifically there it's a setup episode and that's yeah. good because they are setting some things up man and specifically one element that i think is probably the one that had a lot of people either scratching their heads or nodding their heads and that's the idea of these as you mentioned it quote unquote dreams that cisco's having and that's going to bring us into speedster speculation all right, man. So Cisco is having these visions of the alternate past. What does that mean? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm confused now because the timeline, there aren't alternate timelines, right? Time is one continuous flowing thing. Uh-huh. But there's elements of this other future that doesn't happen that are bleeding into. Well, no, no, no. Other, the future, we're not talking about a future. Uh, let's, let's make sure we're watching our terminology here. That happened in the past well okay no actually i think technically what happened was is uh when cisco starts having those dreams is the exact same time where cisco was killed uh -uh. Nope. And, and witnessed those things in the other time nope you're wrong and let me explain why uh because that would have happened during the episode where the uh, it would have happened during rogue time because rogue time very specifically took place at the exact same time that the episode previous happened 
So what's actually causing him to have those memories or, or those um, those dreams, those visions, is specifically because uh, of something that is being said or him standing in a similar place to where he was when they happened. Oh, that is true because he they yeah they were in they they seem to reuse that uh, uh, the refer, the reverse flash trap room yeah the the uh, the failed, quite a lot failed mouse trap or whatever you want to call it yeah yeah. No, this is true. This is true. But no, it's it's something that's kind of calling back something out of his conscience. And I got to tell you, man, when I saw that, I was like, yes, because my theory and thought has always been uh, that there is only one timeline. Well, no, it's not always been. Ever since we got the clarification about there only being one timeline, my mindset was that, okay, what we're seeing is a timeline that is like a living organism and it is healing itself. And so we kind of debated a little bit about what that looks like. Is it, you know, balancing out the lives lost with, you know, the lives gained or vice versa? Uh, and I said I didn't think it was quite like that. I think it was kind of almost this mutinous thing or, or almost like scabbing over. And so I think what you're seeing here is, you know, uh, when we have these two parallel presents, um, like we had during those two episodes, what ultimately happened is they merged together and thus, these two Cisco's became one. So, I mean, we obviously we didn't physically see this, but that's, this is what happened kind of with the, the pseudoscience of, of the time travel that we've seen. And so, the Cisco that we have, which is, you know, the only Cisco, is having flashbacks and memories to his life before. Now, the reason why I believe it's probably only Cisco that's having these flashbacks is because he's the only one that died, giving him a unique perspective because he actually died in this alternate timeline. Now, why that is, how that plays out, not a clue. But I think that's what makes him a little bit special here. Yeah, that's an interesting interesting concept because it's almost as if cuz yeah, cuz like I wonder about Joe though cuz you know Joe went through extreme trauma as well. Granted he wasn't killed. Right. But you know he had bones broken, he had uh you know he's beaten nearly to death. Uh like I'm wondering if he's going to get the same kind of thing maybe on a lesser note. But yeah, with Cisco since he died in that timeline, He's the only because I, I can't think of anybody else who was actually killed. No. And, um, you know, and I thought at first I was like, well, you know, if that was the case, what about all the people who died in the uh, tidal wave? But as we pointed out, that would never happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, even if even if theoretically it would to happen or, you know, even if like the time that time had line had continued, which, of course, it didn't. Barry was winning the day. So no matter which philosophy or, or theory you subscribe to. Um, Cisco's the only one that we know of specifically that died in the alternate present slash past. Yeah, and I was thinking actually when the B, the the, the final B that Cisco took for Ray. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. I was thinking, oh no, they're gonna kill Cisco. Okay, so here's the other thought too. Your thought before was that um, you know, the timeline balanced itself out by saying, Okay, three people died in this one. We gotta get the we gotta cash in those three in this new one. Um well, yes and no. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be three people died, but it could be something like, you know, a building collapses or, uh, or, or like, 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 you know, the, the whatever, whatever the cost of three people dying is, let's say it's, you know, 100 speed force points. Uh-huh, right. Then you, you have to get an equivalent 100 speed force points in this new timeline. Sure, sure, sure. So like if, you know, uh, a, a nursing home collapses that was going to, you know, help you know, 50 elderly people get off the streets or something like that. Like that might have the same speed force point total as three people dying. Or something. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, I guess we're, we're kind of more sim- on a similar page there. 
Um, but I mean, the whole idea of more of the, um, uh, you know, the if somebody somebody died here, they have to die somewhere else along the way. Do you feel that that facilitates that theory? Uh, more specifically, Cisco was meant to die. He was destined to die, and then the time changed, which means he's still destined to die. And it's well, just all a, of us are destined to die. Well, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, yeah, In, yeah, in, yeah. in a story, in, in the framework of the story, technically Cisco died, and Barry brought him back to life. So does that even out that idea? Hmm. Yeah. You know. I mean, it, it's still you know it's still a zero sum game. He he did technically die. Barry was just able to revive him. Yeah. So I mean that that could be playing a part of it. Uh, Jason Thompson in the uh, in the chat makes mention of the fact in the New Fifty Two, Cisco's power set has a lot to do with dimensional barriers. Um, and actually, I, that kind of had me thinking too that uh, perhaps this is actually setting him up on the path to become vibe. Like somehow maybe he's, he's able to shift between uh, potential timelines or, or, you know, potential uh, dimensions. I think it's probably, you know, better than, than timelines. Yeah. Cause I, I think at this point it's probably relegated to, to dimensions because there is one yeah. timeline, but there could be multiple dimensions. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that yeah. a lot. But that's also real interesting too, uh, because I, I was thinking about this actually reading Jason's comment made me kind of think about it. So, uh, Lots of people were affected by the particle accelerator explosion, but only one person inside the particle accelerator or inside the building was affected, right? So is it still possible that maybe Caitlin, Cisco, uh, and even Dr. Wells uh, could have been affected by the blast and they just don't know about it yet? Mm, Probably possibly, not. But yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just interesting, though, because, you know, Ronnie was actually in the blast, but the blast clearly travels through the walls and right. stuff. Well, and so, I mean, yeah, yeah. Ronnie was a special case. Yeah. Cause he was kind of like in it. Well, and plus you had the firestorm matrix was specifically involved. Yeah. Yeah. Although no, I guess he was, he was affected before he got caught up in the firestorm matrix. Actually like the matrix was actually what allowed uh, Stein to merge with Ronnie, but so Ronnie was Ronnie... impacted first. Yeah, so so Ronnie was kind of like energized, right? He was turned into energized. some form of energy. <laughs> Make it so. Yes. Earl Grey, hot. That's more of a, a Sean Connery on the bridge of the U.S. <laughs> <Ashton Pabron>. Yes, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Yes, yes, uh, I was uh, I was a captain of the USS Enterprise, <laughs> shaking not stuck with my Earl Grey tea. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so, I, you know, he was turned into some sort of energy or something like that. And then because Stein was holding the Firestorm Matrix and that energy that was formerly Ronnie Raymond hit that Firestorm Matrix. I wonder if, like, maybe he hadn't been standing right where he was standing. Right. If that never would have happened. Ah, freak accidents. Those never happen in comic books or comic book related stories. Never at all. Newsflash. <laughs> All right, so there was a lot of rumors, speculation, news, reports, uh, confusion, honestly, about whether or not that uh, Hawk Girl will be appearing in the season finale of The Flash. Um, this is clarified now to be not happening. So um, I actually kind of missed all that, honestly. <laughs> I just uh, I just heard that it was officially not happening. I was like, oh, I never thought it was. But apparently there was some confusion about that. So if you were speculating or thinking that might be happening, apparently it's not going to happen. 
Um, now, that said, there is some cool stuff on the horizon. K-Site TV actually had uh, an interview with Daniel Pennebecker talking about Killer Frost and specifically about maybe Killer Frost coming sooner rather than later. See, this is interesting because, like, where is she going to get her power set from? Well, you know my theory. Do I? Do you not? I My theory is that we're going to go uh, – we're going to end this season – or at least pick up next season. In, oh, like Flashpoint? Yeah, in some form of Flashpoint-inspired timeline in which, you know, Caitlin is Killer Frost. Like, that's what I hope to happen, because I want to see Citizen Cold. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, that that's, that's... But sooner than you think would imply before season two, mm, would it not? Well, or are you, thinking, are you thinking, like, season finale, end of season one, very, like, and it's like, I'm running back to my timeline, and he runs back, and it's like, hey why is everything messed up? Then you see like everybody and they just leave like a huge cliffhanger that he's back in a world that's not his. Right. Oh, oh, here's here's a thought. Here's something. All right. So let's say, like you just said, he runs back to his timeline and he sees Caitlin and she's killer. She's all killer frost and she tries to kill him. But at the last minute he's saved by captain cold slash citizen cold. Yes. And then it's like, what, you know, unless you know what's going on, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be super awesome. So, speaking of super awesome, man, did you see this uh, superhero fight club? Um, I, I hesitate to call it a trailer, but um, a promotional video. Let's call it that. Yeah, it's super cool, man. Yeah. So I don't. I have no earthly idea what to think about this. I thought it was neat. Like I, I just, you know, I just like the idea of them just playing around with that universe. Yeah, I mean, it does feel a little bit like um, you know playing around with your uh, your action figures, right? Yeah. the the only The only person there that I didn't think really would do something like that was reverse flash well i mean i think most that's true of most all the villains that are there no i think captain cole would do something like that i think he could convince the rogues to do something like that like test themselves out test their metal i think absolutely he would do that yeah i guess you could make the same argument for raz al ghul of course what we're talking about if you haven't seen it there was this uh promotional trailer styled video that came out called uh, superhero fight club where it's uh it's it's barry and ollie they're going up the uh an elevator at um at I think Palmer Industries, and uh they op- they go to this room with this giant cage, and in it you know all the heroes are kind of battling each other, and then the villains jump in, and uh, it's just kind of the superhero fight club, and um you know it, it's specifically kind of more of the top tier villains. You don't see all of the various rogues that we've seen. Uh, so for Flash you had uh, Heat Wave, Captain Cold, and Reverse Flash, and then for Arrow you had um uh gosh malcolm merlin and then uh and then also raz al ghul yeah but um yeah so i i don't know I, I mean it was definitely fun it was uh the arrow stuff honestly i was not as into in the in terms of just kind of what we've seen from those fights but um i found uh where barry's actually running around the cage while yeah. cold and heat wave are trying to are trying to zap him uh that was that was pretty great yeah that was pretty awesome i i really liked it i thought it was fun uh, you know, I'm not reading anything into it, uh, which I don't think was the intention there. I think it was just to generate excitement about, you well, know. Well, oh, the one thing that I did think was kind of special about that and just really good playing into their characters, when Firestorm jumps, jumps in and just, like, you know, lights the place up, everybody backs down except for Heatwave, who's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, that was cool. <laughs> where have you been all my life? Yeah, that yeah. was that was hilarious. Yeah. No. That's that's like the new CW spinoff. It's like uh, Firestorm and Heatwave. It's a rom com. Exactly. Yeah, they just go around like, you know. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Oh my gosh! Can like you... Heatwave, did you barbecue another cat? And he's like, I'm sorry, Firestorm. And the audience laughs. You know. <laughs> 
Hey guys, this is Chad Roke, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Feedback, let's do it, all right. We got a great email from uh, listener Chris, man. What did Chris say? Well, now that Rip Hunter is involved with the spinoff, as well as Captain Cold and the deceased Sarah Lance, what do you think about this theory? Rip could create an incarnation of the Linear Man with people from different timelines. Sarah from a timeline in which she wasn't killed, possibly the hero version of Snart as Citizen Cold, etc. Uh, this way, the characters can be on the spinoff as well as Arrow and Flash simultaneously without needing to maintain continuity. The show can be a DC take on a slider-ish show. Love the show. Keep on keeping on, guys. Chris L. Chris, that's an interesting theory, man. That's very neat. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. That, now, that's kind of high concept, though. Like, maybe a little too high concept for um, your traditional television audience. Uh, so, the idea, of course, you know, I, I, it actually reminds me a lot of, um, what was it, Secret War? Uh, yeah, where, like, uh, the Beyonder's like, hey, all you guys, um, you're on a new planet now. Fight. Yeah, but instead it's more like, um, you know, instead of, you know, all these different heroes, it's all these different heroes from potentially different universes, times, or otherwise. Um, I, I, I dig it. I, I mean, part of me really wants to see that, but I don't think that's what it is because I think, I think part of the equity that they have in these different shows and properties is that they have a shared universe. And so, you know, to, to create a third and break continuity, um, that'd be a risky move. I just don't, I don't think they're going to do that. But, I mean, at the same time, if they did do that, it would open the door to be able to pull in some Supergirl characters as well. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, it, it could be one of these things where um, it's not necessarily a different universe, per se, Right. that Rip Hunter has made. He's just grabbing people from other universes, bringing them to the Flash Arrow universe. So, it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be that, you know, it, it's it's a completely separate, distinguished uh, universe, but like just some of these elements that don't exist in this universe are being brought to this universe. Here's the other thing that that makes me kind of not go in full way with that idea. Uh, if if that was the case, then Rip Hunter would have to have some sort of different method of time travel or be able to affect time differently than Eobard, right? Because I mean, we've talked about thus far, the only people who can kind of change time and exist outside of time are speedsters, reverse or otherwise. So if you get in a, you know, a Rip Hunter who, you know, has some sort of unique way to manipulate time, I don't, I don't know. There, it's, it's Well, maybe speedsters can exist outside of the timeline, but maybe Rip Hunter does something different. So he would change along with the changes that he made? I, mean, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> if, if I'm following the theory correctly, then Rip Hunter would remain the same and also kind of pull, I guess, hmm. I, I guess if what we go with is what you mentioned earlier, that we're dealing with multiple dimensions and not multiple timelines, perhaps Rip Hunter might be tweaked to actually be someone who can travel between dimensions. Again, if they went with kind of this concept. Because technically, I mean, if there's an infinite number of dimensions uh, and you could trap like so let's say like right now there's a dimension that's exactly like ours. Sure. Except for it's 150 years in the past, but everything else is the same. Right. So right, he's not right. technically traveling through time he's just traveling to the exact same dimension that's 150 years in the past i can dig it can you dig it i can dig it like diggle cool so great theory love that one um also on itunes we got a review from uh, austin grooves who says uh a good pod a good new podcast i've been looking for a new podcast to listen to with breakfast and runs and finally found uh it with this one 
Thank you. Well, Austin, man, thank you so much. We're glad that um, you can be running along with us as we talk about uh, the hero that loves to run so himself. appropriate <laughs> I, I think so i think yeah. so so that's uh that's really great high praise appreciate it uh, also if you've not written us a review on itunes you totally should because every single time we get a uh, multiple of 10 reviews on itunes we love to give away a digital comic right now we're about seven away from giving away a new one so head on over to itunes add your voice to the mix and make that happen uh, and man, I tell you what, we've got time for uh, one listener feedback from the chat. So uh, from our live audience here at Mixler.com slash Pottery, somebody throw in a crazy theory, a question or otherwise, and we will choose it at relatively random. Uh, so go ahead. and do <laughs> We will that. choose the one that we want to discuss. Wait, <laughs> I mean, relatively random. I mean, you know, I, if uh, if you got a wall of uh, messages, you, you can only read so many. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll choose a, like three. That my eye will capture at random, and I will uh, read that one, and we'll go with that. So, um, so yeah, go ahead and put that in the chat. And well, you you better you better choose wisely because you know what happens if you don't choose wisely. Yeah, you become a a a, a claymation skeleton and wither away into nothing. That's true. He chose poorly. Oh, this is truly the cup of kings. All right, this is good. So, Wanna Pineapple says, "How soon do you guys think that Iris will find out?" Hmm, I'm hoping it's not season finale. I'm kind of thinking it is going to be season finale. Yeah. But I don't, uh, I don't know. I, there, there's something, so something's got to happen to make Eddie hate Barry. Does because it? We, well, we, we got we to gotta start this, this Thawne Allen feud somehow, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking it's going to have something to do with Iris. And I'm hoping it's not that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. Are they going to do it where, you know, he finally, you know, reveals himself as a flash to Iris and then Iris is like, I love you. And then ditches Eddie. And then that's how Eddie gets mad or right. what? Yeah. Like, I, I guess, you know, at first I thought, man, that trope is paid, played to death, but there's a reason for it. Right. I mean, the whole, um, it's, it's Helen of Troy, you know, this, uh, these two nations going to war over, you know, uh, this woman. And so perhaps, perhaps you're right. Perhaps Iris is, is kind of the, uh, the catalyst that will kick off the, uh, Alan Thawne feud. I, I, yeah, I, I think that you're probably right. It probably is going to be the season finale. Um, if they're going to, but given that this plot line in itself doesn't have a whole lot of legs to it, or at least doesn't appear to, uh, man, they're really going to have to figure out a way to make it interesting in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, you know, these, these last five episodes, I think are going to be pretty awesome. So I'm not going to be upset, <laughs> but I would right. like for her to find out just, you know, for her sake. Holy crap. I know. I feel bad for it, too. But I, I, the great thing is they're acknowledging it. And that makes me I mean, I, to some extent, I mean, you could make the argument that just because you acknowledge it doesn't make it OK, but it also kind of makes it OK. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what they end up doing with it. Uh, great feedback, guys. Really appreciate that. Hey, be sure to check out The Brogues. That's our webcomic where we like to uh, do a little parody of a lot of the characters that you've come to know and love through The Flash. Head over to thebrogues.com for more of that. Hey, actually, uh, in an upcoming episode of our upcoming issue of The Brogues, very soon, uh, we have a special guest appearance from uh, B. Yes, we do. Yeah, so the Bee Tender makes her uh, her debut in uh, in in the Bros. So I like that comic. That's uh, that's a good one, man. It's a really good one. I'm looking forward to that. Also, you can keep up with us throughout the week and follow us on Twitter. We're at Flash TV Talk. And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at potestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV Talk. 
And also check out our parent show, Panel to Screen, where this week we talk all things Netflix Daredevil. Oh my gosh, yes, I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it, that one's going to be, uh, what, like a four-hour-long podcast? No, what? <laughs> I mean, I, I, could, I, you know, I could talk forever about that. Just depends. Technically, I'm getting some, uh, some uh, uh, what do you call the things that are in your teeth that are no good? Uh, cavities? I'm getting some cavities worked on tomorrow morning, so I'll be, uh, <laughs> I might, I might, I might, we'll have to kind of figure out what that's going to be like, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, one way or the other, I'll push through the pain because I'm looking forward to that chat. I want to give a special shout out, of course, to Charlie Bach who provides our outro music. Love jamming out to that guy's tunes, so uh, be sure to enjoy that. Um, I already mentioned reviewing us on iTunes, but hey, you can also follow us on Twitter on our personal accounts too. We don't mention that uh, very much on the show, but of course, you can find Bell at Ring That Bell. That's B E A L L on Twitter. You can follow me at The Real Bo York. Uh, I spell my name B E A U. We make it complicated because that's the way our parents made us. Uh, <laughs> well, man, uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us for tonight. So, for more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC. the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.